Yes, indeed, there is a war, and it continues to go on. But we are victorious. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're not in denial, Lord God. We are absolutely, totally aware. We're not living in um, disassociation or disconnection. We're engaged, Father God, in this war, as you have set us up uh, here, positioning us in the power of your Holy Spirit to do battle against the enemy that has already been defeated. So, Lord, I pray today that as we study these... um, powerful scriptures about your love, about your uh, determination, about your uh, commitment to us, Lord God, your love for us, that we will understand that we are loved and that the whole point of all creation is met in this moment, Father God, where you are hanging on the cross. So help us to understand it, give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and help us not to deny it. Let it not be snatched away from everyone or anyone who listens here today. Let the understanding be snatched from them. But, God, that this, these things will, will be a turning point in our minds, in our hearts, in our commitments to determine to follow you, Lord God, no matter what the cost, no matter what it looks like, no matter how tough it is, Lord, because it's going to be worth it because it's already been uh, worth it. We're already with you, Lord God, and you're with us so that the glories of God, the glorious God, shine forth in this time in our lives and let no weapon formed against us prosper, Lord God, not whether it's done in word or deed or an action set up against us. Lord, we rebuke those things in the name of our God because we're coming in to do this all under the assignment of the Most High God. And we thank you, Lord God, for giving us authority and jurisdiction over the airwaves to do this, Father, and that you would protect our families, protect those who work for us and pray for us and love us and have come to us for help, protect the work of our hands and um, establish it. May we speak today as the oracles of God. Amen. 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 Well, we are looking at the most perverted and the most precious time in all of human history. Most powerful, too. Yeah. Most powerful. powerful. Everything it hinges on this point in this yeah. moment. Perverted. Well, because we're seeing the perversions and the, the, what the heart is full of the mouth speaks, and we're seeing a lot of hearts being revealed in, this, in these passages today. And precious. Well, because we're seeing the heart of Jesus also exposed in, in, in what he is having to say, dying on the cross. And powerful. Because he is staying on the cross and not coming down in spite of great pressure, demonic pressure, human pressure, all kinds of uh, mocking and violating well, of sacred human life to, let's look to at this. do the work and the will and complete the purposes of God here. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, let's look at this in Mark fifteen twenty one. It says, then they compel, because they're beating him, right? They're mocking him, Mm -hmm. beating him. The elders, the scribes, the the priests, the religious people Mm -hmm. are are rejecting him. You have the uh, Roman soldiers mocking him, beating him. Mm -hmm. Then you have the crowd uh, mocking him, um, calling for his crucifixion. Uh, you see a pilot who was just wanting to save his neck, keep the people happy. Mm-hmm. He knew, he said, if we can keep the people happy by crucifying an innocent man, let's do it. Yeah. You know, and, yeah, exactly. and, and I mean, he, he's, he's, he's a fearful <clears throat> compromiser, <clears throat> excuse me, 
But um, so we've got all this. All this is going down. Okay, against. And we have just yeah. they 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 said well He's they had this custom of releasing a prisoner mm-hmm. at the time of Passover and so they called for Barabbas who who was a, a, a basically a rebel revolutionary uh, who committed uh, murder, murder in the insurrection so they said well we want a murderer well Jesus' life is given in exchange for our murderers' lives isn't it this yeah, kind of symbolic yeah. But let's look at this in verse twenty one they compelled a certain man Simon or Serenian he's mm-hmm. he's a guy from North Africa, right? Okay. So he he could have been he could have been a, a you know Egyptian guy. He could have been a black man. Cyrenian. I don't know. He was a Cyrenian from North Africa. So he'd come a long ways, right? I mean, he'd come a ways to there for be there for the Passover. Mm-hmm. The father of Alexander and Rufus. So they, they kind of pin it down that who this Simon is, mm-hmm. right? Simon Peter, or yeah, Simon Barjonah, or whatever it is. Uh, as as he was coming out of the country and passing by, he was just coming, passing. coming in there. He <clears> just it was Passover time. He's one of, maybe one of the pilgrims, one of the yeah, tourists in there. Yeah, yep. And they brought him to a place, Golgotha, which is translated place of a skull. We hear that the uh, place of Golgotha, that kind of mountain, is is kind of a, a sort of a skull shape type hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they gave him wine, verse 23 of Mark 15. They gave him wine mingled with myrrh to drink, but he did not take it. Some kind of a, you know, sedative. Some the, it, it's, it's just a cheap, perverted um, painkiller. And Jesus mm-hmm. said, no, he's not. Yeah, he's right, not he didn't it. take it. Yeah, they always did. They did that right before they pounded the nails in them, in their hands. And I think, and Jesus said, well, no, I'm, yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. And he refused it because the soldiers soldiers offered it to him. It was so kind of them, right? Yeah, yeah. It was awful. Uh, and when they crucified him, they divided his garments, casting lots for them. Now, interesting. That's a fulfillment of Psalm twenty-two, verse eighteen. They divided their mm-hmm. garments among them, and for my vesture they cast lots. So, so prophecy is being fulfilled. God's Absolutely. word is being fulfilled, despite all the the movement and activity of Satan here to come against the Son of God mm-hmm. uh, to determine whatever man should take. So they said, well, let's just, you know, gamble for his garments, right? Now, it was the third hour, about, what, three in the afternoon, uh-huh. roughly, uh, and they crucified him. The so- in- inscription of his accusation was written above the king of the Jews, and of course, the Jewish leaders, they said, he is not our king. We will not, Jesus told a parable, he said, we will not have this man rule over us. So it was really something in their face, and they wanted it changed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You read in another parallel passage that they said, no, no, you know, we don't, don't, he, he's not he's our not king. He's not our king. They we said, don't want him for our king. We want you to change <clears throat> yeah. it to say, he said he was king of the mm-hmm, Jews. Mm-hmm. And Pilate said, well, what I've written, I've written. I mean, no. Right. Yeah, Remember, it, it, Pilate was pretty um, resistant in the whole. He knew that they had delivered him up for envy. They knew that this was a, a religious war and that he was being pulled into it with, you know, because he was a Roman. And so they had to have the Romans kill because they couldn't crucify. The Jews were not allowed to put men to death through crucifixion. And so it all had to work out. And God pro- prophesied it very clearly from the beginning, the foundation of time. This is exactly how it would go down. So all these prophecies are just 
indicating that this is the correct Jesus. This is the right crucifixion. This is the right man. This is the God, the Son of God. Yeah. And with him, verse 27, they also crucified two robbers, one on his right and the other on his left. Now let's look at over to Luke 23, mm-hmm. these two guys. Who were these guys? Very likely, you know, there's a translation of that, an alternate translation of that word robbers to mm-hmm. be like they were like revolutionaries right? uh-huh okay also revolutionaries and said uh, so we look one of the criminals uh, we don't have their names by the way we don't no, have their no, ages or have, anything we don't have their names ages or anything like that uh, verse 39 of Luke 23 <clears throat> then one of the criminals who were hanging blasphemous said if you are the Christ Save yourself and us. Now there, there's a t- there's one of the other passages. It says too that they both railed on him. Mm-hmm. I they am. both started were, out. They, anyway. they were lipping off to him when they were dying well, on the cross. As he is dying on the cross. That's foolish, isn't it? You're dying. You're going to die. It's like really. I mean, so, this is going to help you out. <clears throat> I mean, this is kind of. But the one, if they both did start railing at him, the one stopped, and somehow he got a revelation. A kind of a last minute shock and awe. I'm dying here. I'm going to, I can't handle this. This is going to, I'm not going to be delivered. I'm not going to be rescued. I'm going to have to die. And so I think that the thief that repented, um, somehow he was in, more impressed with Jesus, Jesus in his dying than he was with, um, you know, being a, a, re, a rebel anymore. Well, one of the criminals in Luke twenty-three thirty-nine, who were hanged, blasphemed him, saying, if you are the Christ, save yourself and us. Mm-hmm. So he, this is not faith. This is no. mocking. Well, right. The one, yeah. yeah. And, and, and that's not, you know, and, and that is, like you said, that is mockery. But there were some, um, you know, who really, I think, didn't the criminal later, what did he say? Well, it he, says, but the other mm-hmm. answering rebuked him. Yeah. He's saying, basically, shut up. Yeah. He's, he's saying, hey. Enough of this. Stop it. Yeah. He said, do you not even fear God, seeing you <laughs> are under God. this same condemnation? So, mm-hmm. Well, let me there, just say something about that there, fear there, of God there. there yeah. The, the, you know, that is the turning point for every human being is oh. the fear of God. Oh. When you realize that you're going to have to meet the Lord and give an account for your life, every idle word, every uh, hateful thought that mm. you didn't, that you repent went along of. with. Yeah, that, that you, you didn't, didn't repent of. Yeah. Well, and, and a lot of times we aren't even knowing what to repent of because it's, we're so geared, so so tuned into these thoughts and feelings and murmurings being our own that we don't realize that there's a murmurer in there who's complaining and this, at this point in, in time that has taken over the mouths of all of these people and it's coming out of their hearts, this blasphemous hatred, contempt for God. I mean, it's like, oh, it's like, um, do, do we have words to express the vile hatred for the Son of God, the glorious God, the precious God, who is in the midst of us being ripped apart by the human wolves uh, that Satan has, you know, inhabited. Well, He's, he, he said, you know, there's like bulls have surrounded yeah, me. Yeah, strong bulls of Bashan, yeah. 20, Bashan. Or, uh, in uh, Psalm 22, bulls of Bashan. Yeah. You know, just, just like ravenous mm-hmm. wolves coming in for the kill. Well, right. I mean, and again... There's no point so, that that so, person who's the victim of those so wolves will whole, not survive. He's despised and rejected of men. A man okay. of... Mm-hmm. So a man of sorrow is acquainted with grief. Who's he yeah. despised and rejected by? 
Oh. He's a, a whole cross section of the human race. By all, yeah, the Reli- very ones he's come to save. Came, so he's re- despised and rejected by religious leaders, the ones who mm-hmm. are supposed to be showing people yeah. uh, and teaching people love. about the one true living the love God one and another. truth. The and, com- uh, commandment and, of Jesus was to love one another. Mm-hmm. And so, and then you had the uh, Roman, you know, soldiers. You had the, you know, you had your military, right? Uh, rejecting him, mocking him, putting a crown of thorns on him, slapping him, spitting on him. Mm-hmm. Then you had um, the political uh, leaders, mm-hmm. um, you know, Pilate, yeah, and, and uh, you know, involved there. Uh, basically, you know, ordering his... He said, you guys just go ahead and do what you're going to do. And then uh, you had the crowd, right? You had the crowds, the mobs, the the multitudes of people Mm -hmm. that were crying for his crucifixion. Some were mourning for him, some were hating. And there were were Mm -hmm. women there Mm -hmm. that were mourning for him. They were like, they were like the true ones. They They were all, the disciples were all scattered around except for John and the women <laughs> John and the women John and the women right yeah. that's that's who was left who was left and, and then you, then you had a thief um, who very likely some believe that these thieves were associates of Barabbas okay right? they could have been they they, mm-hmm. they could have been if if that alternate reading there is that they were revolutionary there was some kind of uprising some kind of rebellion and i mean sometimes when there's rebellion and uprising there's there's you know thievery going on ransacking mm-hmm. uh, of things going on looting stuff like that mm-hmm. but so then you got the thieves so so what really who, who's left i mean Who's left in society? You got mm-hmm. the whole despised and rejected by men. The whole, like, yeah, like everybody. Well, right? you know, the thing is, we have to realize that Satan is the god of this world, yes. and he has turned the whole world upside down against the Lord God, and all of the the things God has created, all of the righteous things, all the holy things, all the things that are true, have been even now overturned. And common sense doesn't rule. Righteousness doesn't rule. Love doesn't rule. Um, truth does not rule. Justice does not rule. What rules now is the chaos and the vile hatred and contempt that Satan has for human beings and the hatred he's, he's put in the hearts of the human beings in their own mouths to turn them against, to turn us against one another. This is the divide and conquer plot of Satan. And of course, you know, I, I don't know. Do you think Satan knew that this was his, the moment he was going to be, uh, the, the murderous moment that Satan would be indicted for? Um, when all is said and done, it is the crucifixion, is the death of the Son of God that he so willingly orchestrated and participated in. This is going to be the final. I mean, at, at, up to this point, believe it or not, I believe Satan had no, there was no crimes he was committing. Because, <clears throat> yes, he was committing many crimes, obviously, through the people, hurting the people, murdering the people, stealing from the people, lying to the people, all these things. But technically, because all the people were his, he could do anything he wanted with them. I can do anything pretty much I want with my possessions. I can smash them against the wall. I can, I can, you know, cut them in pieces. I can, whatever it is I have, I can slash my own tires. It's not going to be a big deal. Nobody's going to convict me for that because they're my tires. And so when the people all belong to him through the exchange that was made in the Garden of Eden where he stole the power and the authority of Adam and Eve, he stole the kingdom actually from them. So this kingdom, and, and notice going back to, 
talking about the kingdom in the in the wilderness when Satan was tempting Jesus again he said I will give you all these things Satan said this is my kingdom now and I have the power to give it to whoever I want and I'll give it to you if you will you know bow down and worship me of course that kingdom given to Jesus at that point would have been super temporary and there would have been, you know, the devil would have taken it all back. Plus, now Jesus would have lost his ability to die for us. He, Jesus had to go to the cross as a sinless, sinless human being. He could not in any way pick up any agreements or lies or, or, or of the enemy. He had to walk in purity. He had to walk in complete obedience and surrender to the Father. And it says he learned obedience through the things he suffered. Now, that doesn't mean Jesus was disobedient. It just means he demonstrated through his suffering the things that he had learned to be obedient to the Father, trust the Father, carry out the Father's wishes. And he's basically the only one who's done a, has a perfect record of carrying out the Father's will. But that's what it means. He was sinless. However, Satan had all of his guys and, and the depth of the swamp right there, the depth of the, of the filth and the garbage and the hatred and the contempt and the, and the hatred for God is, is very real right here as well at the cross. Well, back to your comment about did Satan know? I mean, he was determined to destroy the seed of the woman mm-hmm. from the beginning. Yeah. And it, all through the New Testament, you see Satan trying to destroy, the, destroy, mm-hmm. try to destroy Adam. We are Eve, now the seed also. Try to destroy the remnant. Uh, Israel, uh, yep. mm-hmm. however many times over. Yeah. Tried to destroy Moses. Who you know the, mm-hmm. the 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 lawgiver, the prophet uh-huh. uh, that spoke of the the prophet that would come, Jesus. Um, you, you're trying to just you know, in uh, uh, Esther, Haman tried mm-hmm. to destroy right. the whole Jewish nation. Yeah. Uh, Job tried to destroy Job. Tried to destroy Abraham. Right, right. All all these people, and 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 then you got um, tried to yeah. Go ahead. Her, you got Herod. Oh, at the birth of Jesus, destroying all yeah. the ba- babies under was it under two or three years old, mm-hmm. and, and and trying. So, to, so, so Satan then, knew then that you this... have uh, probably well. So it, it's it's gone on and on and on. But and so here the deal is: remember that the people they wanted to throw Jesus over a cliff. They, they, at one they, point, they tried. Yeah. They wanted to throw him over a cliff. They wanted to. Attack him. Get they wanted rid to stone of. him. They wanted to just get rid of him. Mm-hmm. Stirred up by Satan. But First uh, Corinthians two seven and eight says, "But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So, basically, what they thought." Mm-hmm. Was there uh, the riddance getting rid of good him? Good riddance was yep. was their destruction. Well, it was the they actual release. Know. Release. They of did the... not know. They said, if we can crucify the Son of God, and get, get rid, rid of, of him, him yeah. kill him, then his well, followers then, will die then off. The kingdom, mm-hmm. then the kingdom is ours. We've got but it. But the thing is, I think Satan uh, he forgot that last part of the of the original prophecy that God put on him, the curse that that the seed of the woman would crush his head. It well, said he would bruise, Satan would bruise his heel, uh, which is the crucifixion. That's what it's referring to, the crucifixion. Mm-hmm. But that Jesus would ultimately crush his head when the kingdoms are restored unto the Lord God. And so, um, th- but, but see, the thing is, all of this back and forth, all of this conflict, all of this devastation, all of, in your own personal life, all of the times Satan has tried to 
destroy you, wipe you out, annihilate you, remove your, 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 your evidence of your existence from the planet. All of these things, you know, God has been there also to protect you. And if we don't, if we don't understand that this is a super war, this is World War One, Two, Three, Four, World War all the time between God and Satan. If we don't put Satan in the equation for to even explain the, the personal conflicts, the personal setbacks, the personal assaults, the personal uh, devastation <clears throat> in our lives, if we don't put Satan in that agree in that equation to use that equation to explain why all these bad things are happening. If you don't put Satan in that equation, you will have, you'll never be able to solve the problem. It's like anything in math. If you have a wrong factor in the equation, let's say your equation is wrong, it doesn't matter how carefully you put in all of the measurements, you'll never get the right answer because your equation does not work to bring that solution. And so if our equation is simply, there's just God in me, and I have a sinful human nature, and I'm depraved, deprived, whatever, and I... It's just me and God. And we have to explain with those two factors all of the horrible, horrible hatred and contempt and vile chaos in the universe and, and how it personally affects us. If we have to do, then we have to conclude that God must be bipolar. He must be insane. He must be contrary to himself. He must be willing to play a game against, set us against ourselves, pit us against our, you know each other like some insane bipolar borderline parents do. But the thing is, God is not borderline. He's not by, by uh, insane or bipolar. God is, there is an enemy. We have an enemy. God is an enemy. The enemy of God is the enemy of us. He, the enemy of God hates us because we are God's offspring. And so when you put the devil in the equation, but, but notice how the devil has been so struck, struck from the equation. People don't, it's, it's, it's you. It's your fault. You made a bad choice. You need to take responsibility. Eve very clearly pointed out it was Satan, the serpent, who deceived her. And here we have again, how can we explain all this madness, this insanity, this intense hatred of a man who did nothing but good? He saved people, healed people, you, you know, all these things. And yet there's an insane um, rage, vi- rage, rage, yeah, rage out of control. I mean, beside yourself. Where's that rage coming from? Is that God the Father raging against his own son? Well, well No. What we have today, too, is that same rage is extended to the true ones of the Lord, living God. Well, because Satan is still here. He's still real. He's still he hasn't there. grown. He hasn't, con- he hasn't been through, converted. He hasn't. Right. He's working through the religious system, the yeah. political system. Well, and, you know, that's really true. This the is crowds. the re- we see here at the crucifixion. We see the religious system in action. You mm-hmm. see the the forces that were built up against God, the counterfeit. It, Satan knows people need to worship and want to worship are built to worship something. So he built this out of what God began, the, the, the law, the prophets, the tabernacle, the Ten Commandments. God began that. God gave that law for one reason, and for two reasons, actually. Can I explain that for a second? God gave the law in the Old Testament to solidify his people, to give them an identity, to give them a name and a purpose. And, and uh, you know, because they were the only ones. Everybody else out there was pagan. So when God called Abraham, then Abraham later, the, the children of Israel, his children, came out of Egypt uh, 400 years later. Moses was told by God to give them uh, the standards, the rule, the Ten Commandments and the tabernacle. And these two things were to give them an identity as his people and also to protect them because it's like a pen. They were put in a safety pen, and in, in, like a cow is put in a pen. Now, the pen can, you can either say, the cow would say, this pen is keeping me from freedom, 
Or the cow could say, this, this pen is actually protecting me from the wolves. So God was protecting the people from the wolves of Satan because when Satan would go, the accuser of the brethren would go before the Lord and say, look, they're not following you. Look, they're really my people. Look, I have a right to them. Look, look, look. They're listening to me, blah, blah, blah. God would look down from heaven and say, nope, nope, nope. I see they're still keeping the commandments. They're still following Moses. They're still doing what I said. You have nothing on them, nothing on them, nothing, no way to make a claim against them. And so because Satan had no claim against them, because the people were in this protective identity of the, so the law gave them an identity and it gave them protection. But now what has happened at the crucifixion is Satan has taken that law and he has, he's twisted it. He's perverted it. He's misused it until the law becomes burdensome. Jesus says, you create burdens too grievous to be born. And you put them on other people's backs and you don't bear them yourself. So Jesus is really coming against the misuse of the law and the religious leaders. And he's and every if you pay attention, every time he's confronting the Pharisees, he's pointing out another flaw, another way and reason the law doesn't work. Because the law has pushed them to the point of OCD. The law has pushed them to the obsessive compulsive disorder. The law has pushed them to the point of being more, uh, you know, uh, concerned about a sheep falling into a pit than a woman who's been bowed down for 18 years or a man with a withered hand. The, the law has, they have stretched the law to keep them from actually doing good on the Sabbath, the law has kept, the, and Jesus says, it is good, it is okay, it is permissive, permissible to do good on the Sabbath. And so he was pointing out the false, the, the, when you extrapolate this law, the law cannot save people, and now the law is doing its work here to kill the Son of God. Yeah, because he said, you know, you make the law of God of none effect right. by your traditions. And so the law was given, yes, to give parameters at the same time Mm -hmm. it was given to expose our sinfulness expose the fact that Mm -hmm. we cannot keep Keep the the law law. right we cannot do it on our own therefore we need the grace of god the The forgiveness of god Mm -hmm. uh, of god and we see the grace of god in action here in such a, a a powerful unique way really uh with these the thief that was on the cross here the repentant thief. Mm-hmm. He, say, he says to his buddy, again, do you not even fear God seeing you are under the same condemnation? I mean, come on here. We're, we're dying. And, and I'm sure that they had heard of Jesus. Mm-hmm. They had probably uh, heard, some, heard of his, Jesus, yeah. some of his words, okay, mm-hmm. on, uh, on the cross, Jesus, some of his dying words. Um, he says, and we indeed justly, we deserve this, mm-hmm. for we uh, we receive the due reward of our deeds. In other words, we're reaping what we've sown, but this man has done nothing wrong. This man does not deserve this. And then he said to Jesus mm-hmm. in Luke twenty three forty two. Mm-hmm. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He knew about the kingdom. Right. He must have heard. He says, Lord. He says, Master. He calls him Lord. Calls mm-hmm. him Lord. Mm-hmm. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. So finally, you I mean you get this is someone, an individual request by uh, a dying man. You, okay, you've got all these people hating you, hating you, mm-hmm. political, religious, the crowd. Everybody's against you. Everybody's against you. But here you got one guy who is a thief who's been. <laughs> basically, you know, some kind of a scumbag or revolutionary. Well, he's been surely mistaught. That, and he's the one 
that repents. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So who, crazy. Who, who repents at the cross? One. One. One thief who's dying this horrible, agonizing death, mm-hmm. and then there's a soldier. One of the Roman soldiers later on, we'll see. He said, "Truly, this man was the son of so God." So we have two conversions so, at so, the death of Jesus, yeah, right? <laughs> and there's some of the most unlikely people. And yeah, Jesus said to true. this man, the thief. Uh, assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Now, this wow. is very interesting. He, he, God is, Jesus is giving a, a, a little peek, a little preview, a little, a little look into the afterlife here. Um, you, today, you will be, today, not, not, you know, after you go through purgatory for 25 years. X number of years, whatever. If anybody would have needed purgatory, <clears throat> yeah. you'd think it'd be the thief, right? But he said, today <laughs> you'll be with me in paradise. There's no having to redo anything. There's no burning off your sins. God isn't here. You can't burn off your sins anyway through punishment. Suffering does not uh, bring, you know, that uh, atonement. Here, here, it does not bring atonement. Here, the blood here, of Jesus Christ brings the atonement. Here is the uh, effect of the cross. Mm-hmm. In action, right. and Jesus hadn't even died yet. Well, right? and, but listen, and Jesus had not said a word to him either. Not right. We he wasn't preaching to him. No, and, and so he, here's the deal: the Lamb of God was slain from the foundation of the world. Right. So the, the, the God knew in mm-hmm. His foreknowledge this was going to be right. effective, mm-hmm. and so it's in a, in a sense. So. It's faith in, in, in Jesus Christ. So he has his faith. The faith in Jesus Christ is exercised by this man. Remember me, Lord, when you come into your kingdom. Don't forget about me. Don't forget about me. Right. And Jesus said, right now you're going to yeah. be with me. I won't forget about you. In other you're, words, you're precious. In, in other words, this, this is why I came to this cross is mm-hmm. for you. Yes. And, and, and with me in paradise. Now, paradise is... I believe uh, our idea of paradise was the original paradise where Adam and Eve were put in the Garden of Eden, which was a paradise, which means that everything went well. There was no uh, difficult days. There was no chaos, no confusion. Uh, There was peace. There was love. The animals did not eat one another. There was no bloodshed at all. Uh, Animals were were all vegetarians. They probably talked to one another um, in a better language than we can understand today. But paradise was just a place of great peace Great goodness, great um, joy. I don't believe there's any evil thing in paradise at all. And so when Jesus says, you're going to be with me in paradise, well, this is the true eternal paradise he's talking about, uh, the paradise of God um, coming into that place where uh, there's a complete restoration. And so we were put in a garden to begin with, and now we're going to be brought back into the fullness of the garden where there's a a tree, for example, in in the heavenly kingdom that bears... 12 types of fruit on one tree for the various seasons. Um, so paradise, So when you lose a loved one, today you will be with me in paradise. That person's body is put in the ground, or we destroy the body somehow, uh, discard it through cremation or whatever. Uh, but that person's soul is brought before the Lord and brought to paradise, as is their spirit. Uh, not everybody goes to heaven, though. I mean, there are some people at that point of death, like the second thief, he didn't care to be remembered. I, it's unfortunate that he was blocked. He wasn't able to uh, humble himself. Really, this thief was humbling himself, the first one, to repent. And, 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 you know, people can be very blocked and stubborn and 
that's not even them. It's a blocking spirit that keeps them from crying out to Jesus Christ. And if you've got that spirit of, that's, that's causing you to be in denial or causing you to not recognize your need for a Savior and you, you think you're fine and you're all right and you're okay and you're good and you go to church and blah, 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 and God should let you in for all those reasons, but you've not yet really humbled yourself and surrendered to the kingdom of God and the work of Jesus Christ, you are still kidding yourself. We need to humble ourselves. And let me just also say this, that even many people who have come to the Lord truly um, made that first agreement to humble themselves and accept Jesus as their Savior are still filled. There's two points to this process. One is salvation, the other is sanctification. There's still the body of death is still operating uh, fully almost 100%, 100% capacity in some of them, and they're still blocked and locked and don't experience the joy of their salvation. They don't understand the glorious kingdom of God because they're so beat up down here, so looking at what's going on. Jesus saw what was going on. He saw what was happening in his body. He felt what was happening in his body. But at the same time, he was, his, he, he wasn't, he was also aware of, of the Father, aware of the Father watching him, aware of the kingdom of God, aware of the purposes of the kingdom of God, aware that this point in time had to be, he had to go through it. He had to go through it. Yeah, Isaiah 53, uh, 12 is being fulfilled here. It says, um, Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death. This is what Jesus was doing. Mm -hmm. And he was numbered with the what? Transgressors. Transgressors. And he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. The transgressors, I mean, you had the thief here. And, you know, the transgressor means you cross the line. Mm -hmm. In football, if you, you know, you, you step out of bounds, you transgress. That's, that's where the play stops, right there. Okay. So they, we've all crossed the line. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Mm-hmm. And uh, he made intercession for not only these men. So basically, you got it, it shows dramatically here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's the two choices. You either receive Jesus or reject Jesus. Right. There's, there's no halfway deal here. Well, in, in, the, in the midst of all this bloody mess and crucifixion and screaming and hollering and nails being pounded and... And soldiers probably cursing. We have really the profound opposite of that, as is um, Psalm one forty five, where we're talking about the greatness of God. David, the psalmist, is talking about his his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise your works to another, um, and shall speak of the might of your awesome acts. Well, right now God looks very defeated on the cross, but here He says, "I will declare your greatness." Um, they shall utter the memory of your great, great goodness and shall sing of your righteousness. Right now, this is where we as believers must be in this place of knowing the great goodness of God. That says in verse 8, the Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are over all his works. This would be the thief on the cross. This would be those even who are crucifying him or standing there uh, berating him and blaspheming and, and, and mocking him. He says, the Lord upholds, 14, the Lord upholds all who fall and raises up those who are bowed down. The eyes of all look expectantly to you, and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand to satisfy the desire of every living thing. God is good all the time. God is good even right now. The righteous Lord, 
The, the Lord is righteous in all of his ways, gracious in all of his works. The Lord is near to all who call upon him. To those who call upon him in truth, he will fulfill the desire of those who fear him and also will hear their cry and save them. The Lord preserves though all who love him. But the wicked he will destroy. Now, you see many people, we hear many horrible, sad stories about Christians giving up on God, giving, committing suicide. Um, we understand that uh, this demonic pressure force is definitely out in, in the midst of, of the population. But people who are dis, uh, the, the, the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God, the righteousness of God, the deliverance of God, the tender mercies of God, are, it's blocked from their mind at that moment, and they, are, they succumb to the, the horrors of what we, we see here at the crucifixion. Jesus wasn't succumbing to the horrors of what they were, hor- the horrible things they were doing to him. And, and so really in our, our walk with God, we must cry out to him, continue in the word, play, stay in the word of God. This is our anchor. This is our hope. This is our, our strong rock, our shelter in the time of this crazy, insane everything. And I think one of the things, the craziness of the cross, the momentum of the cheering and the jeering and the jabbing and the, the people were caught up, some of them, in that momentum. And I'm not sure that the real people, the ones who love Jesus, follow Jesus, they were not turning on him right here. Right, right. It was the people who had been paid, probably paid agitators, some of them. I would imagine they'd been mm-hmm. paid uh, paid off to... to and these were the... I mean, isn't it interesting that, that uh, the priests had a, a ready... Uh, a ready mob at their disposal. So they yeah. had they had their useful idiots. Yeah, they had their ready know, mob, just like we have today in so many areas. So, uh, so what what they're one of the things that they're saying though here is that um, they crucified the two robbers. Right, he was numbered with the transgressors. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and in verse twenty nine, those who passed by blasphemed him, yep. wagging their heads and saying. Yep. Aha, you who destroy the temple and build it in three days. Save yourself. Now, wait a minute now. What basically... Those who are passing he, by, notice they, they, first of all that this is... How they twisted. The, Look yeah, at how they twisted. These passerby, so this, the, these crucifixions were done along the road. They mm-hmm. were done along the path where people, the pilgrims, the travelers had to go by to see these deaths. It, horrible. Can you imagine your kids having Put to... Put the fear in The people. family walking by. But, but see, many of them had been, they were the ones, too, passing by. Those who passed by blasphemed. So here you got the, ba- the, the, the passers-by, the travelers. Mm-hmm. Maybe people that had... had Heard a little even, bit. Or even people that had come for the Passover, mm-hmm. for a, a holy religious uh, festival. And then there were those also who stood looking on. There were some who stopped, and they were there looking on. Um, the rulers, they sneered. He saved others in Luke, sneering, mocking, holding God in contempt, the Lamb of God. Um, he, said, he said, if, if he is the Christ, the chosen of God, let him come down. And the soldiers also mocked him. So we have a little enter and offering him the sour wine. If you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. I think the soldiers really had to stay tough. I think they had to be evil, you know, impelled, compelled with evil to do this. And they had to stay built up in that hatred. Because it's just like in any kind of war, you're kind of in, walking in, in a different strength, a different power. You're, you, yeah, you got to be macho. It's kind of like you know military. Uh, well, you got to stay tough, and you got to stay mean, and you got to stay. Yeah, it's, sometimes, you're so scared that you got to 
scare away the fear with more. You got, yeah, you got, and you got kind of that dark humor and and kind of that persona. Yeah. Interesting, they said, you know, you, you're the one that said you're gonna. Um, Rebuild the temple. The, re, to, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and destroy this temple. Jesus said in John 2, 19, mm-hmm. and three days I will raise it up. And the Jews said, it's taken 46 years uh-huh. to build this temple. Will you raise it up in three days? They were totally missing the point, they obviously. Totally and so he point. was speaking to them of in a parable, the too. of his body. Right. right? And, then, and then, therefore, looking ahead, when he had risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this to them. Mm-hmm. It all began and to make sense. And they believed the scripture and the word Jesus had said. So, mm-hmm. so they're mocking him. And they're basically, what are they saying here? They're saying, come down from the cross. Yeah, if you are you the know, Son of uh, God. He's, mm-hmm. and, and, if you are. Uh, that we may and see and believe. That we may see and believe. Mm-hmm. Build it three days. Save yourself and come down from the cross. Yeah. Likewise, the chief priests also mocking among themselves with the scribes. I mean, these... Endless evil here. Endless. I mean, come on. And he saved others himself he cannot save. How can they? And let the How hardened have they become? Let the Christ, the King of Israel, descend now from the cross that we may believe. They were not going to believe. And these who were crucified with him reviled him. So they were, they were, they were mocking him, saying, "Show us this awesome miracle! Come down from this cross!" But they really didn't want him to come down from the cross. They were, they were hoping to get rid of him. We will believe. Yeah, we'll believe. Yeah, really. You had three and a half years of the ministry of Jesus, and you didn't believe, and. And then you're, you're it's calling actually, for his it's, crucifixion. It's almost like they're believing it's that like, believing in Jesus would be doing him a favor. Jesus is not need a favor from you. To, to believe in him is not doing him a favor. It's doing you a favor. And so they were, you know, well, we'll give you, well, we'll give it to you then. We'll concede it to you. We'll follow. They were, there was, their hearts were beyond repair. And it's interesting they, how they mentioned, they said he saved others. They admitted that. Yeah. So yeah. they're mocking that. But yeah. they're admitting yeah. He did save others. Yeah. Now, who did he save? I mean, he saved um, a crooked tax collector named Zacchaeus. He mm-hmm. saved Mary Magdalene, set her free from seven demons. He saved the demoniac of Adara, setting him free from a legion of demons. Mm-hmm. He saved the woman in John 8, <laughs> caught in the very act of adultery. He saved blind Bartimaeus, mm-hmm. and gave him his sight. He saved the woman who was hopelessly bleeding to death. Mm-hmm. He immediately healed a man full of leprosy, and he raised Lazarus from the, from dead. the dead. And Lazarus had been dead for f- four days. So, I mean, they did at least admit mm-hmm. that he'd saved others. But that, they, wasn't, that was not enough. None of those, all of those you know, miracles, it nothing says, was enough to convince done, him. And John, the latter part of John, though he had done many gospel, so many miracles, still they did not believe. So miracles won't can can uh, encourage faith, right? Mm-hmm. It's very possible because that in, in, in Acts chapter 8, we read uh, Philip going to Samaria and said, you know, they uh, believed in Jesus seeing the miracles which he did. Mm-hmm. So miracles testify oh, well, of the power I of think... Jesus and can bring about faith, but if the heart is hard, it's the old saying, the same, the sun, the sun that wax, uh, softens the wax hardens the clay. So right. th- just because there's a miracle, it, well, it will what? inspire some to believe, and then some people, they won't be convinced no matter what you do. You Jesus know, said some people won't be convinced 
even though they get raised from the dead. That's right. And the thing is, so the miracles are not what saves us. The miracle isn't the power of, it is the power of God, but it isn't. The thing that saves a person is what saved the, the thief. The thief did not see a miracle right there. He actually probably did see a miracle in Jesus not coming down from the cross. But the thing that saved him was the revelation of Jesus Christ and the recognition of his own personal uh, spiritual state, that he was in a place of great and eternal danger, jeopardy, hell, is a long time. It never ends. And so it's the it's really the thing that saves people is repentance through the revelation of Jesus Christ. You, re, you're, you see the revelation of Jesus Christ and you repent. Humble yourself. Confess your sins. They, they said, you know, come down from the cross. And they said, you know, what? A, yeah, he's a savior, right? He can't, I mean, he, he can't even save himself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but Jesus would not come down. No. He 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 wouldn't come down. No. He, he's not about saving himself. He's mm-hmm. about giving himself to save us. And that's so, what made him the hero. So he yeah, he didn't uh, We we our heroes have to come down and save us. And they're powerful and they're self-contained and they've got all their power and their all their superpowers and whatever they got. And then we call them a hero. But Jesus is our hero here when he is actually using all of his power, all of his determination, all of his love and commitment to the Father to stay on the cross. Mm-hmm. Satan, I think, was provoking him to see if he could one last time want... This is the last temptation of Jesus Christ, really. This is the last one. If I, we can't, you know, if, he, if we can get him to sin, if we can just get Jesus to cave, to sin, to blaspheme his Father, to... Um, reject the Father just one time, one ver- one syllable, just one. We, if, we, if we get him to come down off the cross, he has aborted the mission. He has, you know, and uh, so... If he calls the angels, he said he has... Yeah, a, if he calls, if he off. does one thing contrary to the will of the Father, then he's sinned, and I think Satan is putting lots of pressure on, the, through the people, to chide him into provoking him to come down just to prove something. But Jesus, you know, many times we're provoked into proving something, to stand, stand up for our rights, to defend ourselves, to uh, take it personal. Jesus did not take any of this personal. Even though they were plucking out his beard personally, they were spitting on his face, they were whipping, nailing, pounding, beating, all of these things was a very personal injury and assault to him. He took none of it personally. And the, the reason he then he could say to them, Eventually, as we know, as we all probably get to, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. As we get to that part, we realize that Jesus was able to be completely neutral in this whole thing. He was totally neutral. He wasn't taking up a personal offense here when they, they blasphemed him. He wasn't being up, up, upset that they weren't grateful for what he had already done for them. He wasn't shocked that they were turning tail. They were, you know, betraying. He was not shocked. He was sad. But he knew that it would happen. He already knew it many days before it happened. But he, he but he, he wasn't, um, he wasn't, uh, none of these things moved him. And so Satan tried. We have to realize that Satan wanted Jesus. He didn't really, I don't believe he really didn't want to kill Jesus because he knew that at that point he, Satan, would become a murderer for the first time because up to that point everything on this earth, planet, whatever was his, and he could do what he want, wanted with it, as I said earlier. Because we were all guilty. We were all guilty. Well, we were all guilty mm-hmm. because we were all human beings born of the seed of the ones who sinned. Adam sinned, Eve sinned. So that makes us technically sinners. So therefore, one man sinned, 
Amen. We're sinners, so this is the the uh, reciprocal action. One man died, and so all can be free. However, the freedom comes only to whosoever will. He, it's not a blanket automatic freedom. The sin was an automatic. Everybody got mm-hmm. under the cloud of sin. But the, the whosoever will, because it's a free will deal, and because you have to freely want this, you can't just be grandfathered in because Jesus died on the cross. You have to uh, accept it for yourself. You have to eat your own food. You can't have somebody yeah. just, you, you can't, somebody can't do this for you. You have to accept Jesus. Well, it's like the thief said, remember me. Yeah. He, and he look had, how complicated that was. Person. Oh, Jesus didn't lead him in a prayer. You know, there wasn't a big altar right, call. Right of a sinner's prayer. Jesus didn't try to convince him of it. Jesus just was being, and the, the, the thief was being convicted. Yeah. He was being uh, brought to the revelation of his own need. And so Jesus did not avoid the cross. Mm-mm. You know, he, did, he didn't, he didn't come, come down he, from, from the, cross. the cross because he came down from heaven for the cross. You know, if Jesus because would have come that down, that's the only way. Right. That's the only way he could deliver us from, from the evil, grip of Satan, right? And, through his cross, and that's and 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 so he and we can't even imagine what would happen if he would have come down. But the point is, he had to go through with the death. He had to die because the the the, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. The soul that sin shall die. Um, now, this is not. What God said this. Yes, he did. He said it in Ezekiel uh, and various other places. But what he was doing here was saying to the people, you know what? Sin requires, sin demands. The demons, the devil behind the sin demands your death. And therefore, a death must be given. A death must be given. An eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. That's the devil's idea of justice. Death must, a, a, a legitimate death must be given for the sin that was committed. And the, I can't give you a basket of fruit. Cain does his basket of fruit doesn't work. A bowl of bananas does not work. It has to be a life for life, eye for an eye, tooth for tooth, death for death. That's that's the only death demanded it. And so God says, Okay, I will fulfill the demands of death. And you say, Well, why did he do that? Because number one, he can, and number two, because he loves us, and because he did not consider it an unworthy uh, use of his time. God had created us for one thing. And that is for fellowship, to we be have, part of the family of God. We have to remember that the crucifixion... And he wanted us back. Right, right. And this is the only way he could get us back, because the, the crucifixion of Jesus is the central and eternal moment in the... What, in the satisfying... Redemptive plan yes, of God. In, in the satisfi- he satisfied the demands of death at this point with death. So while Jesus was dying, death itself was dying. Well, well, it was being defeated. It was being defeated. Because, yeah. because it was going to be defeated three days later. When, you know, it, it did, there was nothing in the fine print that says Jesus had to stay dead. Mm-hmm. And so God also had that in mind, that after Jesus was dead three days, well, uh, he, he, he would be resurrected. He yeah. said, after the, you destroy this temple, and in three days I'm going to raise it. Right. While the people were cursing him, God was breaking the curse. Of sin, right? Isn't that amazing? By the becoming, thing, he was breaking the curse mm-hmm. of sin by becoming a curse for, for sin. us. And and that's right. In, in Galatians, it talks. He became a curse for us, mm-hmm. that he might set us free from the curses. And so, if you are under many curses, and many people are, and you have to recognize, Christians, believers, followers of Jesus Christ, actually, that if you're worth your salt, if you're worth anything, if you're any a threat to the devil at all, Satan is going to be on your case to try to destroy you. And right now, because he's so panicky and because he knows his time is short and he knows Jesus Christ is returning soon, 
he is pulling out all the stops. He's pulling out all the dirt he's got on you and your generational bloodline from way back. And he's trying to bring all these horrible calamities and, and setbacks and offenses and situations to discourage you. It's almost like each believer is going through their own personal crucifixion. Um, difficulties. And it, don't be shocked. I mean, but don't come down off the cross and don't say, I give up or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bail early or I'm going to commit suicide. That's the only... Suicide is not your solution. Suicide is the devil's solution. It's a, it's a trick. It's a counterfeit. It doesn't work. It doesn't set you free from anything and, and it may bring you into eternal destruction if, if other conditions are right. If Satan has his way, he will use that card to pull you into death and destruction. However... The good news is that God knows the hearts of each of us in every stress, every spirit of depression, anxiety, fear. When people are acting out of their mind, they're out of their mind. They're under the influence of drugs and medications, and they're out of their mind. And they're under the influence of very heavy-duty demon spirits of sexual perversion or suicide or death or despair. God knows that. That's why we have grace, because God knows that, and he knows that we're no match for the devil. We were never meant to be a match for the devil. The only one who's a match for the devil is Jesus Christ, the only one who defeated him. And Jesus Christ defeated him and became a curse for us. He took our place in the curse, so, so you can be free from the curse. So when you go to the court of heaven, courts of heaven and you say, Lord, I, I am free. I, I ha- I'm covered with the blood of Jesus. I, in other words, the blood of Jesus is my righteousness, because I've accepted. See, when God sees the blood of Jesus, the righteousness of Jesus on us, then he, he sees us as completely holy, restored, forgiven, because we've been, again, we've, we've chosen to, be, to believe. We've chosen to receive the gift of eternal life. Um, and, and so, therefore, God passes by that sin, but Satan doesn't let you forget about it on your end. So he keeps guilting you, condemning you, chiding you, uh, and, and brings other... <coughs> naysayers, other comforters of Job into your life. Many believers, Christians, have a very wrong doctrine, very wrong concept of forgiveness and God and truth and justice and the grace of God. And so they become Satan's uh, mouthpieces to bring people to the place of they judge them, they criticize them, they, they blame them, they point fingers, you made a bad choice, you need to be responsible. This does not bring forth the fruit of righteousness, peace, and joy. Restoration and forgiveness bring forth the peace, the righteousness, the joy. The love of God is in, in restoration of the sinner, like the woman taken in adultery. It's not in, you know, go and sin no more. The go and sin no more part of that is actually been added um, in many transcripts, it's not even there. But Jesus, if he said it or if he didn't say it, it's a good, it's good counsel. Go and sin no more. Know who you are. And don't go after the old identity of who the devil made you to be. And uh, in Mark eight thirty four and 35, And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever will save his life shall lose it, and whoever, and, but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. That's a very interesting scripture, isn't it? So, yeah. So the obedience of Jesus brought him to the cross, and our obedience will take us to the mm-hmm. cross too. Mm-hmm. Many crosses, many times. Many crosses. Mm-hmm. Basically, you know, we think we're, 
We think we're here to save ourselves, satisfy ourselves, assert ourselves, defend uh-huh. ourselves, become successful affirm by ourselves, doing, get in touch with ourselves, serve uh-huh. ourselves, or find ourselves. Mm-hmm. And Jesus said we're here to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow Jesus. Now, basically, he you know, we, want, save, yeah. we want all the perks of the cross without the pain of the cross. Mm-hmm. And basically, you know, what's what's the cross? The cross is simply... You know, it's a when somebody picked up the cross beam of the cross and walked toward that place of crucifixion, it was a one-way trip. They were not coming back. Right. And Jesus said, if you put your hand to the plow and look back, you're not fit for the kingdom of God. Being double-minded, looking back, wishing you had something someone else has. You know, the denying himself part of that verse is very important, to let him deny himself. Jesus denied himself. He didn't look for a way to save his life. He didn't look for a way to comfort himself. He didn't look for a way to hurt himself. He just was obedient to the Father and walked in the Spirit. He didn't walk in this soul, mind, will, and emotions, because his mind, will, and emotions would have told him, this is so wrong, this is so unfair, all you've done is you help these people, and now they're spitting in your face. That's what your soul would, would take offense, take offense, because, but he, again, like, knew who he was. He was the Son of God, the Lamb of God, come to die on the cross for us, and he wasn't going to, um, he wasn't going to, you know, turn back and betray the, the trust of the Father. This is why he endured the yep. cross. Mm-hmm. This is why he, he has set his face. He was, he's moving toward this whole fulfillment of the plan of God. And when we set our faces to fulfill, follow Jesus, fulfill the plan of God as well, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of... It's, it's not easy all the time. It's giving the but it is But what doesn't it say, Paul says, I die daily? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, it's, it's, it's basically, you know, the, our cross includes suffering... Persecution, shame, ridicule, rejection. There's other enemy attacks that come against us because we're followers of Jesus. The world hated Jesus. And it hates us. And the world will hate us too. But God so loved this world that yeah. hated him yeah. that he gave his only begotten son. But the part that what's going on right now and what was going on then too and what's always been going on is the purging and the sorting. That there are, there are both the wheat and the tares. There are both those who... Um, love God and are called according to his purpose and those who absolutely are here to thwart the purposes of God, hate God and hate God's, God's children. And so this, but this is a temporary a place. It's, it's a time of testing. You know, some people live here 85, 90 years here, but that's about max. But for most of us, you know, we don't live that long, but we do need to make, make sure that we are at peace with God. We have made peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The only way you do that is not through more penance and more sacrifices and more, you know, good deeds, because that there's never an end to those. There's never a final, you know, I've said enough rosaries. You've I've said enough. enough. I've said, I've, I've, you know, done it. What, what is, what the end is the beginning. When you surrender, give up your own way of trying to find your good life or salvation through works and good deeds. And many, many denominations push that. They push that. But there's no, the fruit of those, you can tell if you're in the right or wrong denomination or or, or group by the fruit. Jesus said, by their fruits, you shall know them. And the fruit of following God, the kingdom of God, the fruit of the kingdom of God the fruit of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is righteousness, peace, and joy. Righteousness because I know I'm righteous, I, because I know that my righteousness is given to me by God. I'm righteous because he, he, I have his righteousness. I'm not righteous because I'm right all the time or because I do the right thing all the time. I'm righteous because of his righteousness, his, his covering, his uh, paying in full 
the, the demand, the price that Satan demanded for my sin. So I'm right, and then peace, peace because I'm at peace with God. I, it's, it's been resolved. It's been, I'm okay. I'm okay with being okay. God is with me, and I'm okay. And righteousness, peace, and joy. The joy is the strength. You know, in the middle of all of the very discouraging, horrible, unjust, unfair things that happen to us every day, Deeper down, go deeper down, and you'll find the, the uh, un, unwavering joy of God, the strength of God, the, the confidence that God has got this, God is with you. G- live down there sometimes. Go down there. If you're still in peace, joy, and righteousness, you're walking in the Holy Spirit. Even though your world around you may be just conflicted, and the witchcraft may be throwing things at you, and injustice may be coming against you, God is still with you. God is with us. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we Mm -hmm. have peace with God through our our Lord Jesus Jesus Christ, Christ. Mm -hmm. through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. There you go. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, Mm -hmm. knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. who was given to us. So all what, and the proof, you know, the big deal, uh, the unmistakable proof that Jesus is the Son of God is not that he came down from the cross, Uh but that he endured the cross and that he came up from the grave. That he stayed on the cross. That was the power of God. He the power the of God was to stay on the cross. And, and three, he said, destroy mm-hmm. this temple. In three days I will raise it up. And he is risen. Amen. He is alive. He did not stay dead. Death has been defeated. Yeah. Satan has been defeated. He and did we, this. And we, he, he did this for us. Yes, he did this for us. Think about that for a minute. This is Jesus, just as fast words we can just He did it for you. He did it for me. He did it for us. He did it for us and him and us, for the family of God, that we could all be restored and be together again. And so there's, I know many people have many questions about why and why and why and why. Why did God let this happen? Can we do it a different day? There's no different way. This is the way. Jesus is the way. He's the only way. So, Father, we just thank you right now that we have access through your Holy Spirit to the awesome, wonderful things that you've done for us, Lord God. And we pray now that you would restore those who've been bruised, those who've been uh, beaten up, those who've been felt unsupported, uh, ridiculed, hackled, judged, uh, separated from your love, Lord God, that you'd please, Lord, by your gracious goodness and by your, your own heart, restore them to the revelation of your love for them and restore us back to the place of peace and joy and goodness, Father God. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.